called a mixtape because it's a mix of history and ambition. It's how tape records are discovered and promoted far from home. Just like Remy Martin VSOP, they are a blend of the best, giving more people the best of hip hop, the best DJs and rappers, the best samples, the best drops in the game. Check out the limited edition Remy Martin VSOP Mixtape, Volume 3. All right, welcome in. Now it's uh, Monday afternoon at 12.30, so that means only one thing. It's time for In the Crosshairs with J.D. and Clay. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I trust you had a great Easter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Welcome. Glad to be with you. Let's see. Hold on one second. I might be uh, not plugged into the right one here. Hang tight. Uh-oh. All right, we're in there. There we go. Now I just right. I just had to plug my headphones into the right right channel there. Okay, now we're rolling. All right, guys. Well, listen, thanks for joining me once again here this afternoon in the crosshairs with J.D. and Clay. And uh, we've got uh, a handful of topics here that we're going to cover right off the top. And the first one is uh, Democratic Senator Chris Murphy now stated that assault weapon ban votes are just not there, but training requirements are possible jd tell us a little bit about that yeah they didn't spe specify what training requirements that they wanted but uh i'm not sure what what that's going to prevent maybe maybe some accidents i'm, I'm not in favor of requiring training for any kind of of, of your civil rights i mean you do you require special training before you go to a church or um, you know to have free speech, you don't require special training or background for that. And uh, some people would say, "Well, when's the last time free speech, um, you know, killed somebody?" Well, people's free speech can influence others, so I can I can definitely argue with anybody all day on that. But yeah, I don't understand training. So like these mass shooters who who go and buy their gun a, a week before and do it, what do you want to make them more proficient at it? I guess. Um, I, if you want to take training, I encourage that. Go for it. If you don't know anything about your firearm, go ahead and get yourself some training. But as far as, as um, pushing your mandatory mandatory uh, training for it, I just don't see where, what he wants to get out of this. Yeah. Clay, uh, what, what does hunter safety do for a guy, I guess? Uh, is that, that's not mandatory, hunter safety? 
Well, it is. Uh, every state's different, but if you're under the age yeah. of, uh, I think, 12 in North Dakota, you've got to have it. Um, mm-hmm. South Dakota, if you reach the age of 16, you don't need it anymore, I believe, as long as you're with an adult. And then at 18, you're good to go. But every state has their own deal. But, yes, you have to have hunter safety. And, and what it, tra- it, it teaches you how to safely use a firearm, uh, the functions mm-hmm. of it. Most of the time, it's a bolt action. But, you know, I, I've been looking at this article that, that Chris Murphy's been doing here and, and talking mm-hmm. about. He at least admitted, as I've kind of known for a while, they don't have the votes for it in the Senate. They just don't. And it's never going to pass the House. Not going to pass right now in the House. But I do know that I, I've noticed his, his code words. He's trying to find common ground. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to be responsible. we got to be, you know, save our kids. Uh, says things that we need to be a safer nation if we require just a little bit more training before you bought the most dangerous weapon commercially available. <laughs> and that's what this is all about. It's the little steps. Jamie and I have talked about this on our other shows. It's always about the little steps. They know they can't get a full-out assault weapons ban, and whatever that may be. Um, the last version I've seen was horrible. It's always about those little bitty steps. Oh, hey, we're not coming after this. We'll just come after this, or we'll require more training. The training really bothers me in this part of it. Um, who's going to set that training? What's that training going to be? As Jamie pointed out, you don't need any training to assert your other rights. Um, what about freedom of press? Just what we're doing right here. Do we need to go get some kind of journalism training? No. So, no, I'm, I'm, all, I'm not for this. Um, I don't think it's got much of a chance, but you never know. That Senate's kind of funny, and we got a lot of rhinos in there. I think that's just another another hoop they would want somebody to jump through, hoping that they wouldn't want to buy an, an AR or any other kind of semi-automatic firearm. Yep. That, that, that's, that's what I get out of that. You know, and then he says something like, um, he doesn't understand why we choose to make, you know, uh, um, our kids fear for their lives when they walk into their schools. Um, Chris Murphy, um, you're part of that problem because you won't secure the schools. Absolutely. It won't harden you them know. schools. They try to guilt you into, into giving up your, your, your rights and, and going their way is what they're doing. So this training, what exactly firearms would this training cover? Uh, automatic, semi-automatic <laughs> weapons? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they're doing it for. You know, they're, they're AR-15s and anything like that, a semi-automatic rifle, uh-huh. for sure, because that's what they're saying. Those kind of, like Clayton said, they, they sent out, what, what was it, Clay? Um, oh, these super dangerous yeah. weapons or something to that effect. The most dangerous weapon commercially available. That was a term. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you, if somebody wanted to shoot me with a 30 odd 6 or an AR-15, I would say shoot me with that AR-15 because your chances of living with a 30 odd 6 are a lot better. So that's just more dangerous than an AR-15. But, yeah, that's what they want, AR-15s. Um, um, what does he say here? Uh, well, Richard Blumenthal, he was in on the whole deal, too, wasn't he? What if, yeah, said, what if we said before you get an AR-15 that you have to show you are responsible, that you know how to operate mm-hmm. it? Okay, what if we had uh, applied universal background checks specifically for that we- purchase of that weapon? Guess what? All these guys pass their background checks for it. So, um Dick Blumenthal, that's not going to stop anything. You're not going to no. you're not going to fix anything by doing that. And you got to remember something when they talk universal background checks. Again, they're assuming there's a loophole, which there's not. What they really <laughs> want to do is stop private sales between people like you and me, law-abiding citizens. Yeah. If you buy a firearm, and I, I can't reiterate this enough, from a federally firearms licensed dealer, you have to go through the 4473 background NICS check, which most of these shooters have done. Mm-hmm. They've passed them. So yeah. they're not working. The laws we have don't work. Uh, again, we've talked about this on the show. It, it's a different problem, and it's a mental illness problem most likely. 
as we were coming on the air, I'm sure you heard this morning about the shooting in Kentucky. Yeah. Again, a Democrat-led Louisville City municipality. If you go on their website and see the craziness they've got on that website, you can see where they got to this point. We don't know much about the shooter, but um, I would put my money on that it's another mentally disturbed person, uh, obviously. I would also say, too, Murphy pointed out to the bipartisan gun control legislation that was passed in the aftermath of the shooting in Uvalde. Remember, Biden said it was the most comprehensive gun gun control, or how do you say, gun safety in 20 years? Yeah. It, it hasn't done anything. So what you're pointing to something that did nothing, and in fact, the guy in Uvalde passed his background checks. Once so again. these guys yeah. are, you know, I, I hey, I, I hate it as much as everybody else when something like this happens. It sucks, but what you're, what they're, putting out here is, is not going to do anything. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to have my rights hassled because you guys don't like no. AR-15s and you think that's the only thing people use to, to shoot people with, which is completely and ridiculous. Let's face it. It doesn't going to, it doesn't going to solve the problem. We have a deeper issue right now, mm -hmm. but it will put more restrictions on law abiding people. That is always the case with anti second amendment measures. Like yeah. That. Well, Clay, yeah. like I said before, and I'll say it again, when, when I was in, I started high school in 1986. You could buy without any special license a full automatic AR-15, AK-47, um, Uzi, Mac-10, Mac-9, anything you wanted. Guess what? We didn't have school shooting, so it's not the guns. You could you could buy full autos, and they didn't happen. They're happening now. It's because something's flipped in the minds of a bunch of these people, and, and they're going off yep. and doing this. So banning guns is not is this even a certain type of gun. I pointed that out too, Jay. All these other shootings. It's a Banning an AR-15 is not going to stop anything. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so help me, Clay. Uh, uh, what is driving this now? Help me make this some sense because now we go to uh, the second part. State legislatures aiming to remove NRA as training <laughs> entity. Well, they want more training on one side, but then they want to <laughs> remove NRA training on the other. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. Is it just the organization itself that people are against? Is it the name or what is driving this pushback, Clay? Well, and if you notice, it's it's Democrats. I mean, people can say it want. It is partisan. It's always the Democrat Party that does not want the NRA involved. And yeah, it's the organization. If it was Gun Owners of America or the National Shooting Sports Foundation, I bet it'd be no big deal. But let's face it, 125,000 certified plus instructors, and I think that number's off uh, from the last figures I've seen from NRA. That's the largest instruct firearms instruction instruction group in the world. That NRA have, and they're volunteers. I, I used to be pretty involved with that stuff, and I can tell you, some of the most ardent, safety-minded people you're ever going to find that love mm -hmm. to introduce people how to shoot, do it correctly, do it safely. You're going to find anything better. But you have in New York a certain individual. He's a Democrat in there. He wants to make sure that we get rid of it. Uh, I'm looking here at Senator Sean M. Ryan, and he wants to get rid of the NRA as an actual instructing organization they're introducing senate bill 138 and it will remove the nra from the list of entities authorized to grant certificates now think about this nra actually started in 1871 in new york uh, and you know what their main purpose was after the civil war they, they saw that shooting was horrible they, they could not accurately mm -hmm. shoot they wanted to have that that compensation they wanted to have that knowledge and how mm -hmm. to arm the populace so that we could defend ourselves in a war. So I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, the Union generals did it, started Absolutely. it, actually. Absolutely. Yeah, the they generals. saw the terrible marksmanship of their troops, and they wanted you know, they wanted to be able to Absolutely. shoot better. Yeah, and then he wants to turn 
turn the power of training over to the New York State Division of Criminal Criminal Justice Services, which is like they know how to teach people to shoot and gun safety better than the NRA. Highly doubtful. But the other bill that we're going to talk about, Clayton does wants the same thing done is even worse, I think. Yeah. They, yeah. So then you, you turn around, you go to Virginia House of Delegates and you've got uh, Don L. Scott, another Democrat, introducing House number 2164. Not only does it remove the references from the NRA, from the Code of Virginia, they also want to repeal its authority to issue special Virginia license plates. And I've seen those when I've been out there. You can get an NRA license plate yep. out in Virginia. Uh, it's also going to try to remove the award-winning Eddie Eagle gun safe. And I, I can't remember if we talked about it on this show, but we definitely talked about it I think on, we our, did. on our live stream. That's one of the best programs out there to teach kids about the, the, the issues with guns, especially if you're in an urban area. You know, you, you see it, you run away, you tell an adult. I mean, it doesn't get in. It's, it's been just highly successful. They want to remove that. Uh, then they want, to, they want to establish something through the Board of Education on their own gun safety program with yeah. schools, which we know will be a failure. <laughs> and I find it very interesting that being the NRA headquarters is located in Fairfax, Virginia. I'm sure that's just what this is about, a big old mm -hmm. slap in the face. Both these states, they hate the NRA, so they're going to try to do whatever they can. And they think that they've got the... Uh, I think they've got the backing. I don't know yeah. what we shall see. That's what I think the whole basis for this is, is is because it's the NRA. You look at anything that happens, and they come out screaming, the NRA's got too much power, and NRA's lobbyists, which in Clay, how much, the NRA's outspent by, like, what, by, like, 10 to 1 just by Mike Bloomberg by himself. So the, the, NRA, the NRA doesn't have all this money that they're outspending everybody. The NRA is getting vastly outspent by gun control forces. The NRA's power is within its people. Who are who are standing up people. for your civil rights is what it is, and and these guys hate it. I just you know it's always a big bad NRA who's getting who's stopping everything. I can tell you as a former employee uh, retired that the NRA's strength comes from its membership, which is five million plus strong and growing. And it is uh, they've never they've seen an increase here in the last three months of obviously for 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 the things that's been happening uh, on the national level, but. Them people are active. It ain't five million member people that just hey, I got an NRA card and I pay <laughs> my twenty-five bucks. No, these people get involved. They call. They email. They go to the legislature. They testify. It's a very active group, and that's why they have so much influence because it is a grassroots movement, and the people don't want their Second Amendment infringed. And I can't say more about the people that are part of the NRA. It's just it's amazing. I loved working there. Uh, but uh, I like being retired, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's turn our attention to Oklahoma, which uh, made history recently. Uh, governor and the legislature proudly proclaim NRA Day. I believe that was on April 3rd, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's correct. Now they got NRA every April 3rd. They're going to have NRA Day in Oklahoma. I guess it seems like it's kind of an NRA Day here on the show, Jay. But <laughs> yeah. Every yeah, Monday, 1230. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's great. Um, I, I'd love it if North Dakota had an NRA day. The NRA is the, the dominant Second Amendment civil right defender in, in the United States and in the world, probably. Um, so why wouldn't you want to have a day? Well, they just, you know, set right aside for that organization. I love it. Some people like actually, Jay, you know, some people think the NRA is too soft because it's <laughs> sometimes they have made deals like, you know, to at the time when they knew. It was either something or nothing, and then down the road you get they made put a sunset provision in there, so a certain band goes away or something goes away, 
and yeah. you know you get your right back and that so i hey i'm i'm not an all or nothing guy i'm some things i am but when you know if you can make a deal or now to prove that something didn't work which it didn't clay knows what i'm talking about and you get your rights back that's fine yeah 1994 yeah. assault weapons ban um the list of guns they had on there was probably very much um in line with what you're seeing with the new one that these guys want they pretty much grab up any semi-auto they don't new one's them. worse yeah, the new one's probably even worse. I mean, it's that's what they had, and they had the votes. That was the issue. They had the votes to pass it, and we we saw a big big flip then in 1994. That election come by, and guess what happened? The Republicans took the House for the first time in more than 40 years. People were torqued off. So with that, NRA is like, well, it's going to pass, and they actually were able to negotiate with the people that were kind of in the middle of the road, both Democrats and Republicans. And make it as worse, or make it as not as worse, but make it as lenient or as soft a blow mm -hmm. as they could. They got a lot of things removed from it. There's a lot of compromise on that. Yeah. And uh, the sunset clause was the big thing. That was not in the original bill. NRA solely got the the 10 year sunset clause clause in there. And by that time, we had a new president. That time was George W. Bush, and uh, it expired. Thank goodness it expired. And guess what? We didn't have the craziness that they said it would do because it didn't really right. matter. That that 10 years didn't matter. Well, let me ask you, uh, uh, this is a question for both of you guys. Now, Clay, just a few moments ago, you had uh, mentioned that the NRA is growing in membership year by year, you said, uh, having pretty good numbers as far as uh, new new memberships signing up. Yeah, um, they are. Do you oh, see... I was just going to say, do you see that a possibility like of younger folks, uh, this generation now, that uh, do you see a possibility of a generation that is coming up now having an issue with gun rights? Um, in areas, yeah. I mean, I'm already seeing it, uh, especially in the urban areas or, or your very blue states, because they're teaching it from the time these kids get in school. I mean, I, I know I shared this before on different shows is, you know, I had a nephew who was going to school in Minnesota, actually outside of Eden Prairie uh, in that school district. And he thought I was a, a horrible, ma bad guy. And he was a grade schooler at the time. He come out and he saw all my guns. And, uh, you know, I, I had the opportunity to really get close to that side of the family. And I had to explain to him when he was about eight years old that his, uh, his cousin wasn't a horrible guy who was going to kill people because that's what he had been taught in his public school. I'm, I'm sure it hasn't gotten any better. Uh, in mm -hmm. some of these schools. So there's going to be an issue, but then you got schools in, in more like in our area that don't teach that. The, um, I've had to correct the government teacher a little bit about the intent of the Second Amendment, and I was happy to do that. But I can tell you right now, uh, as we see this happening in these urban schools, unless we get a hold on these public schools, and that's where it's happening, we're going to see some issues. Now, you take like my, my nephew or my cousin, he got out there, he grew up, he started coming out here hunting, and I changed his whole perspective. And that's what we're going to have to do. We have to be proactive. We can't just sit back and do anything. We want to see this survive into the next generation. We're going to have to do it ourselves. It's just that simple because they are not getting that in the public school system, and they're not going to until we can grab control of them school boards. Right. Yeah, and going back to the previous story, they're like getting the NRA out in them, in them bigger cities like that. They love that because that's just, like I said, that's your, that's a – predominant gun gun rights civil rights organization that's just one less thing in their way to make kids think that that guns are evil i grew up when i seen a when i seen a gun because i was taught you know from my my grandparents who 
you know what? One side of my grandparents, huge Democrats, the old school Democrats, they had a whole closet full of guns, not locked up. I could use them anytime I wanted. I loved guns when I see them. I, I wanted, I wanted to touch them. I wanted to shoot them. I never thought about shooting people with them or none of that kind of crap, you know. And they had semi-automatics too, and you know, with detachable magazines on some of them. It just, it. But we are going to have a problem in these schools. You, you can see it. it well, they just. Um, you know, the, um, they try to overrun the, the state houses there in, in, in Tennessee, you know. Um, yep, yep. They want to call something an insurrection. That looked like it to me. You watch a video there. They're shoving the cops around. And there was a bunch of kids in there, too. So, yeah. you know, yep. they see that and they think, hey, that's we don't get our way. You know what we do? We go in there and wreck stuff. So well, One thing I'll add to this as far as the next generation, and I encourage everybody in North Dakota especially, get in touch with your North Dakota Shooting Sports Association. They have one of the I would say most successful shooting sports programs for youth. They, they introduce thousands of kids every year, take them to, to championship levels. Um, some of them even went on to, the, to be you know, contenders for Olympic shooting events. They have one hell of a program, and I really encourage them to hit the website. Just do a, a brave search of North Dakota Shooting Sports Association. It'll come right up. Uh, we use we, I don't use the communist Google. I use Brave. So go ahead and do that. And uh, I, I know you'll be pleased with the shooting sports program in North Dakota through North Dakota Shooting Sports Association. They do a fantastic job. Well, I think it's safe to say that uh, we're of that age, that we probably went to school with a gun rack in the back of our truck. And after school at 3.30, <laughs> we were out yep. in the back roads uh, looking for that hunting. deer during hunting season. So yep. I, I know I did. Uh, Rollo was, yeah. uh, you know. There was Gophers, some monster. You name it. You bet. Uh, okay, let's turn our attention to uh, we're seeing in Minnesota, our neighbors to the east, uh, whitetails. This, of course, uh, is a topic that we've covered quite extensively mm -hmm. uh, over the past few weeks with this. Uh, wildlife managers are concerned about this winter's effects on deer population, primarily in the northern part of the state. But now, I know that uh, starvation, of course, is a big thing, but how is it uh, that they're more susceptible to predators uh, when they're, uh, of course, hungry? Is it that they can't defend themselves, J.D., or w what is it? Well, I noticed in the story, too, we were talking about in the, Wy the Wyoming ones last week or the week before, and their deer problems. The, the spring comes around, and like this story says, they run out of their fat reserves and their energy reserves, and they just they just don't have anything left in them to fight back or run away. And yeah. you know, and if they're running through deep snow here, you know how that is. If you you're tired, the deep snow is going to make it way worse on you. And yeah. it isn't any different for these deer. And apparently, it sounds like because of their winter there, um, the winter kills actually extending further south in Minnesota on these whitetails than it normally does. So, and it, we're at that time of the year where where they they're just running out of juice. Yeah, Clay, Clay has uh, this this winter, though, we have to admit, especially for at least southern parts of our state, southeastern portions into the Minnesota, because you can see that jet stream kind of went up in that right. area. Uh, is this a once in a generational, once in a 25 year thing? Or do you hear <laughs> of this this uh, winter kill happening, you know, quite uh, quite often? Well, I mean, it, it varies from area to area, of course. I don't think it's a once in generation. I mean, two years ago, we got hit pretty hard right here in this area with a with an April blast. Now, it wasn't as devastating because it wasn't as long a winter. It didn't start back in November. But uh, we have seen that here in, in you know less than 10 years. We had another one here, I think that's about seven years ago, that it kind of did the same thing in this area, but it wasn't as widespread. Now, if you're talking widespread like we've seen this year, yeah, I mean, if you look back through history, um, 1978, 86, uh, you go into 97, 
it's about every 10 years uh, that we see these major ones that are that are completely widespread mm-hmm. and it takes a hit on them deer any wildlife really because they build up fat reserves i mean they they prepare naturally for these kind of conditions but not for that long and yeah. uh, that's what you're seeing they're coming out of this and uh they're weak they're malnutrition there's not much they can find on the ground because of the snowpack if you look at the difference in degrees just from this area to the eastern part of north dakota that snowpack is keeping it 10 degrees cooler or more so it, it is having a devastating effect and that opens them up to starvation it opens them up to predation um you know that's that's what's happening you get into minnesota you know they got timber wolves over there so mm. i'm sure that they're having a feast right now and i'm guessing food sources are kind of uh, you know, they're, they're depleted as well. So they're going after these deer and, and probably having a pretty easy time of getting them. Now, does uh, JD Game and Fish uh, take that into account when they hand out their uh, tags for uh, next uh, November? Well, I think they just did their flyover. I haven't heard what their results were on the deer population, but yeah, for sure. That'll be, ta- that'll be, put- I see you keep drinking that Coke. We need to get you a guns and a 701 can. <laughs> there we you go. do. There you go. <laughs> gotta get, gotta but, get yeah, that for me. Um, you I need bet. one of those hats too. Okay. <laughs> you bet. You bet. We got some coming. So, um, yeah, Game and Fish does take that into effect. And I was actually out at the farm yesterday looking, talking to my dad about it. And he said he, it does seem like the mule deer numbers are down, but we did, you know, he has seen some herds of them. And I did actually see some in the middle of the day. And, and uh, it's nice to see the like, top of the hills are kind of melted off. I mean, it's super deep in the ravines yet, but the hills, it, um, they, at least they got something up that they can go eat on and build up a little energy. And, and you know, somebody, I don't know who it was, somebody come on our land and shot five coyotes in the fox. They had them all lined up real nice for us there. So I don't know all where right. they got permission from. So <laughs> kind of a good, bad deal. They got five coyotes in the fox, but I don't know if they asked, but. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, go a little bit further south to Colorado, where an assault weapon ban is pulled from their committee agenda. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. What's that uh, all about? Well, uh, they, of course, had Bill 23-1230, and it, basically what this was, it was an all-out assault weapons ban in the state of Colorado. Uh, they, of course, luckily, people from, I'm guessing, our NRA base, they re- the committee received thousands of messages opposing the bill. And it would have banned the manufacture, importing, purchasing, selling, and offering to sell or transferring ownership of what the drafters had to define it as an assault weapon. So what that means is, say, Jamie and I got together under this bill and said, hey, I got this AR that I'd really like to, to sell to you. And Jamie's like, yeah, and we come to a price. We couldn't do it under this. We'd be violating state law. Now, the interesting thing about this is it was pulled, um, I'm guessing, from the pressure of the grassroots people once again for the Second Amendment. But I don't get these states. After the Bruin case came out in the, in the Supreme Court, and everything revolves around that, just like we had Heller, D.C. versus Heller, but Bruin took it nationwide. It didn't just put it in that 10 by 10 square mile box. I can tell you right now, if this would have worked its way through the system, if they would have actually passed it, and you know in Colorado it's happened before that they've taken cases and taken them on, it would have ended up in the Supreme Court and been overturned, which would have been another great ruling for us on this side of protection of the second amendment and if you've noticed lately a lot of the cases that were moving through the system as soon as bruin happened those cases were either thrown out of court they were declined judges weren't taking them the state supreme courts weren't taken because they knew it was a waste of time and money so bruin again comes into play and i think you saw this happen i'm guessing that was one of the considerations although they'll never say it 
that made them pull this along with the uh, grassroots mm. people calling in and, and emailing and, and contacting their reps. Yeah. So, and, and without, without boring you with too much detail here, Jay, um, the, part of the things what they consider assault weapons ban, first of all, <laughs> it would have been a 50 cal, the 50 BMG. Um, this old stuff here, that's ridiculous. A threaded barrel, everybody threads barrels now for suppressors. Um, a second pistol grip in front. I have guns that have that. A shroud over the barrel, um, partially, that's partially circles the barrel. Flash suppressors, you can't have that. Collapsible stocks, folding stocks, anything that takes a detachable magazine, that would, that's what they consider an assault weapon, except um, I think they put out uh, the Rimfire 22s. That yep. includes pistols, shotguns, and rifles. Everything. And that, yep. And if you got a fixed magazine that holds more than 10 rounds, that is an, is an assault weapon too. California, um, they have neutered AR-15s there. You, they don't have detachable magazines. You have, have this little thing called the bullet button to trying to get your, cause they, in their mind, if you, you know, if you can't reload as quick, and I, but they, Hey, California has almost the most mass shootings of any state. So with all those great laws, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that basically any semi-automatic shotgun rifle or pistol. This thing, with like I said, I'm not going to go in anymore. It would have basically banned all of those things. And just before, yeah, uh, we're going to have to wrap up here in just a moment. But I do want to make mention. uh, We're going to circle back to the baiting thing that did not pass. Now, did it, uh, Clay? No, unfortunately, it did not make it through the Senate. Uh, like everybody says, the bills go to the Senate to die in North Dakota, and it seems like that's what happened here, unfortunately. Um, it was, what, uh, 21 to 26. I don't honestly remember. A little closer than that, I think, by vote or two. Close. Yeah, it was yep. close, so. So it was close, but uh, again, and, and I was really disappointed to see Senator Herbley in there. Um, he's always been a private property rights champion for, for us on issues, but uh, once again, he sided with game and fish who knows what kind of things happened and uh, he voted for this thing and he shouldn't have. um and i haven't had a chance to speak with him uh, i will um he probably won't like what i have to say this time <laughs> you know <laughs> they need to hear this and that's the problem uh, here's the biggest thing i heard in the senate from some of the guys that i know were involved with it there for whatever reason in the house tons of messages tons of emails tons of calls got over to the senate side and it all disappeared. There was some, but it was about a 50-50 and nothing really, really strong mm-hmm. to, to make it yeah. go over the fence, especially if those on, on the fence. So it shows you just how important it is for you to be be inclusive and be involved with your House of Representatives and your senators. It does make a difference. Well, rest assured, the uh, legislators, our state legislators, are eating good these days. They pass themselves a ten dollar more <laughs> per diem. <laughs> so, Unbelievable! So, isn't that crazy? I can't believe yeah. it myself. Uh, gentlemen, uh, you've got a big show coming up Wednesday night. Obviously, each week, guns in the seven hundred one. Uh, tell us what's on tap. Yeah, well, I can tell you right off the top, Clay and I are going to be hitting on this Kentucky shooting. We're just waiting oh, yeah. for a little more detail to come out on it. Um, they did sound like somebody said it was probably an AR-style rifle. They said a long assault weapon, whatever that means. Maybe that a longer barrel. But we're going to find out on that. Um, come back next week. I'll tell you what, I'm putting my money on it. This person passed a background check for it. And you can catch that show. We'll have some other, you know, pro-gun stuff on there, shooting, hunting. Stuff like that. Um, that's every Wednesday night. Facebook, YouTube, GunsInThe701.com, Six Mountain, Seven Central, and Clayton. Where else can they get us on Friday other than this fine show on Mondays? Oh, Friday you can listen in on Mitchell in the morning on 5:50 a.m. radio uh, KF, KFYR, 
and Todd and I and, and Jamie, we all go over some of the most current events. I'm pretty sure we'll be hitting on this Kentucky shooter even on there because there's going to yep. be a lot more details come out this week. I'm positive. So, yeah. All and don't right, forget, gunsinthe701.com. And keep your powder dry. Keep that powder dry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Thank you so much. It's always entertaining you, hanging out with you guys you on bet. Monday afternoons. You can catch us right Appreciate here in the crosshairs it. with J.D. and Clay right on the KFYR Plus News Desk. You guys have yourself a great week. We'll catch you up with you again next Monday, all right? You too, Thanks, buddy. Jay. We'll see you, Jay. Thanks, Monday. guys. All righty. It is uh, 1 o'clock. We're going to take a short break here at KFYR Plus.